0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready to be energized and have some serious fun. This is the Energetic Education Podcast, introducing your host, Dale Sidebottom. Welcome to episode number 71. And before I get into today's amazing guest, Neela Steele, I want to share with everybody our brand new free app on iTunes. Now, we've created this app called Juga Life, and Juga in Spanish means play, and what this app is, it is a daily routine app where you answer three questions in the morning and then three questions in the evening, and they are to do with uh, play, gratitude, kindness, and exercise. And what ends up happening is that if you combine all of these, we hope to bring the happiness to each and every day of your life. So you can go to either sugar.life, that is our website, or you can go on iTunes and type in sugar.life, and you'll be able to download this app for free. And we recommend trialling it for seven to ten days. And if it doesn't work for you in that time, don't worry about delete it. You never have to use it again. It will not cost you a cent. But we know from using it ourselves that it does make a huge difference. And We'd love for you to give it a try. So go on there, Sugar Life, and check that out. Now, I am stoked for today's guest, and I had so much fun recording this episode with Neela. She is by far one of the kindest individuals and one of the most inspirational educators I have met. I've had the pleasure of meeting Neela a couple of times in in Dubai, at Connected PE, and also heard Neela speak and present, and she has blown me away each and every time, and that is exactly what she's done with today's episode. So she has dropped so many wisdom bombs on mindfulness, being present, thriving in life, routines, and the rest. So I hope you love today's chat because it's an absolute pleasure having Neela Steele on the podcast. Neela Steele, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm very well, Dale, and thank you for the opportunity to chat with you
0: today. My pleasure. Now, for listeners out there, Neil, you are on holidays at the moment and you've taken the time out of your day to join us, which I'm extremely grateful for. Now, do you want to just mention a little bit about your holidays? Because obviously you live in Saudi for all our listeners out there. And um, by that accent, you're not uh, a Saudi born. You're from Canada. Do you want to just describe it's... what your holidays uh, are like these days?
1: Well, um, so my husband, Andy Vasley and I live, as you said, in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. And we are currently in Canada, where we are, where we are both from. And so we have uh, five weeks in Canada. We've been spending most of the time catching up with dear friends and family. So as I was saying to you, Dale, before we started the podcast, it's, this is the eighth bed that I've slept in in the last uh, few weeks so as much as we are loving the holidays it's it's always nice to go back to your routine and your rituals but right now what i'm really enjoying is indulging and uh in so many ways and uh just not knowing not knowing what day it is or what time it is and really uh coming down to back to basics with my own family playing card games and trying to connect with long walks and uh, I, I really feel that I'm in vacation mode at this very moment.
0: And how good is that? Like for listeners out there, playing cards I know that is something I rarely do and I, uh, I recently was away on a retreat in Bali and I played cards again just because I was allowed to slow down and I didn't really have anything else to do. So what... What else happens on these holidays? You obviously, you forgot track of time, um, you're relaxed, you're eating what you like, you're playing games with your family. How amazing is that, Nila?
1: Yeah, we we are renting a cottage in Collingwood, Ontario, which is a little um, ski area. It's a big escarpment. And uh, we recently had some friends over and I really noticed that it was such a pleasure to sit, obviously, with my chosen dear friends and to be able to, as you just said, slow down and let the conversation come to a lull or a awkward silence and not be in a rush to do something else or not feel that incessant daily list of things to do. and. And, you know, really dropping into, wow, I'm listening to this person's story or we're catching up and covering all bases. So that, that to me was something that I value and something that I needed to sort of drop into. It doesn't just come naturally. It's just very much that sitting around, having a beverage, being able to relax in that moment. And I, and I think that's, more and more I feel like that's something that we don't do and we have to really get intentional about doing that.
0: And uh, Do you know what? You've just hit the nail on the head because today's episode is called Being Present and Thriving. And um, One of the biggest issues I see today when dealing with stressed teachers and they've got anxiety and things is because they've got a to-do list the size of their arm and that keeps getting bigger day by day. They don't feel present. They feel rushed. They feel all overwhelmed. Um, I'm going to get straight into it here. How can we feel that feeling that you've got now on your holidays. How can we get a little bit of that every day? I know it's not going to be as relaxed and and calm and peaceful as where you are at the moment, but how can teachers out there that just think the the they've got the most overwhelming job because it is a very stressful job these days? What are some little tips that maybe teachers out there, Neil, can do to feel a little bit of that peace and calm in their day to day lives?
1: Yeah, it's I I would say pick something that is uh, you know a bite-sized chunk or something that you can uh, easily digest so even pardon the pun something that you can easily digest let's talk about mindful eating so turn off your screens sit down eat alone or in silence and really just focus on the textures of your food now It sounds so simple, but it seems like such a hurdle to get ourselves, like food is something I love, and my husband's a big chef and foodie, and I think just allowing or permitting yourself to take one meal or one snack or one cup of tea where you really allow yourself, even if it's only three minutes, let's say you have... like. You know, the joke at school is, well, I've made a cup of tea. It's too hot to drink immediately. I put it down, then I get busy, and I go to drink it 20 minutes later, and it's cold. So if you were to have that cup of tea and just hold it in your hand so that you could feel the temperature and be able to uh, feel the heat of the tea, the moment, uh, any aromas, like really drop into your senses and... Have that little mindful pause. That's just another way to feel. Even with all the chaos going around you, you've created a little bit of space. And and then one of my uh, things I've been noticing, and this is just an observation, is now with our digital devices. You know, before you used to walk down the hall, or you would walk down the hall, and you would greet the person who is passing you. One greeting per day is fine, right? You don't have to say hi to the person that you pass 10 times a day and say hello, 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 but I notice now that I'm looking at the top of people's heads because even as they're walking down the hall, they're engaged in their iPhones and they're checking email and that greeting is missed. So another example is to simply be able to walk through the corridor then maybe notice some of the kids artwork maybe just notice how you're feeling or if there's tension in your shoulders and mindfully walk down the corridor It, it only takes one or two minutes but again that might be a moment in your day where you um try to settle all the thoughts in your heads in your head so I guess teeny tiny things like that and people really have to find out what Works for them, and so that might be trial and error because it's not going to be, you know, these are things that work for me. I'm certainly not saying that people should do this, this, and this, but uh, whatever it is that you do automatically in the day, find something like even washing your hands that will drop you down.
0: Yeah, Sorry. I, I think, I think that's, that's fantastic. And um, I know personally that social media is just, like, it's crazy. And, and what I found with the students I was teaching you is that they would walk into the room and instead of saying hello, they I'd see the back of their head or the top of their head and I'd make them walk back out, put their phone in device and walk in and say, good morning, Dale, how are you? And I'd say good morning to their student because we're not doing that anymore. So it, do you think, like, I know I, I love social media and it's fantastic and we use Twitter professionally and we do all these great things as educators. How can we, as educators, be role models and reduce our screen time or re- make it somewhere more present and we're not in some cyber world all the time is it as simple as setting time aside to be off devices or turn them off or how how do we change that nila
1: yeah i think i mean i also sort of commit that sin of too much uh screen time and i think the first step would be an awareness you know maybe one day time if you really went through your day and timed where you spent your time like meticulously for one day from the moment you woke up to the moment that you went to sleep it really is shocking the amount of time that you might divvy up your day you know um I I did that for one week once and just tracked everything I did from sleep to um you know morning routines and bedtime routines and And then I really shocked myself for the amount of time that I was either responding to emails or on social media um, or even reading articles or watching Netflix. So the first step would be an awareness, sort of an assessment of how much time are you spending currently. And then you have to look at what is it that I value in my day and where would I like to spend more time or less time so that for some people it might work that you would say okay I am only going to check my email once or twice if that's feasible at work or I am only going to spend 10 minutes scrolling through Facebook and that first step of assessing will give you the data that you know, yeah, I am spending way too much time. I really need to, uh, you know, shave the time off of that to spend more time doing other things that I value because you really can get sucked in, right?
0: Oh, 100%. And I know for people listening, that there are actually apps out there that record how much time you're spending on each app and it it is alarming if you wanna go into that. Or or simply, what I've found doing is um, I use my, I'm very structured with my to-do list or my calendar now, Neil, and I set time aside each day when I have to exercise, when I am allowed to play. So that might be a game, it could be pinball, could be shooting a basketball. And also what I'm saying to do now is I've got set times throughout the day that I can reply to emails, to tweets, to anything like that I post on socials because I was just uh, finding that I was always on it and if I found a buzz in my pocket, the first thing I'd, I'd just stop whatever I was doing, who I was with, and I'd go to my phone and it was a really yuck way to be and I was finding I wasn't present. So um, that was interesting. Do you mind sharing, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, what was some of the stats that you were spending on social media a day when you did that week? Um... I, you know, I did it a while ago,
1: but I can't remember,
0: um, yeah, I put you on the spot. I really, I put you on the spot. Yeah, no, that's okay, but I wish, it was, it was, you know, uh,
1: when, when I'm working, um, when I'm working, you know, I, I exercise and we do a lot of family time, like dinner time and evening time. So I think I would say, you know, I'm going to pull this number out, but you know more than an hour close to like two hours yeah and that's on Twitter and on Facebook and I know some people have deleted their Facebook accounts I don't really know the reason uh, but I have heard friends say that they've either needed a digital detox or that um, it was alarming seeing everybody else's life is prettier and you know a big comparison lens yeah like you know uh I was even joking one time we were on a beach holiday and I was looking at somebody's ski holiday and I was like oh wow I wish I we could be swimming you know there was always that I mean skiing skiing sorry uh but there's always that you know that's a part of mindfulness too like we're in the moment and yet we want it to be something different right yeah like we we think that we have control and we want it to be this way or i'm i'm not getting along with my family the way i want it to be so but part of mindfulness is being in the moment whether it's awkward or uncomfortable or full of anxiety you're that's just bringing in the awareness so uh, I think I'm leading off the original question that you asked, but it's it's a practice of dropping into the present moment without wanting it to be something else. And that's, I think, where we have trouble because, uh, I mean, one of my favorite quotes is by an author. Um, her last name is Nost, like K-N-O-S-T. And she says, you know, Life can be amazing, and then it's awful, and then it's amazing again. And in between the amazing and the awful, it's mundane and routine. And and we just need to breathe in when it's amazing, hold on, and breathe out through the awful, and then just continue to keep on breathing through the, the mundane and the routine, because that's beautiful, blessed, awful mundane life. That's what it is. But we always want it to be sort of pleasure seeking. And why isn't it this? And why don't I have a body like that? And and, and so that is a disservice to yourself.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's so true. And um, particularly, I, I think we're both fortunate that I didn't grow up in a social media world when I was going through high school because... Um, Absolutely. So I just had this conversation, Dale. Yeah, yeah with I, friends. I, I, I don't know how hard it would be for them because everybody's life's perfect. You look on social media, someone might take... 300 photos for the day And they'll post one of them That's the most Amazing fake photo You've ever seen But that's what people Think Oh their life is so good You know And no one's Mm -hmm. ever Going to post something Say Oh I just burnt my tongue I look horrible today I'm laying on the couch (laughs) Watching Netflix You know Like that doesn't happen like they will go outside, they'll turn the light on, they'll put some fake tan on, they'll, they'll do something. It is just all made up, but everyone does that. And so if you're having a rough day, you look on social media, everyone else's life is amazing, it makes it even worse. Like that's yeah, so what's it like for I know you've got two young boys. do I know you've got a really solid family background and things like that, but um do you talk to them about this, or do you talk to the the students that you're teaching at the moment about, you know that this is a fake world, it's not real?
1: Yeah, I think I have more meaningful conversations with my own two boys, and um, a big joke is when Andy and I take a picture of them we have to announce, you know, this is just for us. We're taking this picture because Eli and Ty will say, you are not allowed to post that. No permission to post, right? Because
0: they don't
1: They don't want every moment of their lives recorded online. Fair enough, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. And um yeah, we'll, we'll really see how they, approach social media um i know that eli is on uh snapchat and instagram and so is ty but they're very um they're not so much uh obsessed by it and um the one thing for them is that because they are third culture kids so they both hold Canadian passports, they were both born in Japan, and yet they've spent most of their uh, formative school years in Nanjing, China, and now they're in middle school and soon-to-be high school in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So for them to keep in touch with friends, it is sort of a real connection for them, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, yeah so there's, there's that scale, right? and i think uh, exactly what you said that it's i am not bagging social media i know you're not either and it's got such powerful powerful avenues that we can use and you know particularly as teachers i i see it these days that um our networks and our professional development opportunities are massive because We are a global unity now and we can all use social media for those benefits. But yeah, it's funny just talking about it because um, I feel really sorry for kids these days that have to grow up and think that they're all going to have a six pack or that they're all got photoshopped abs or things like that. And that's what Instagram and so forth is. But anyway, enough about that, Neil. What what I want to get into now is... um, you are amazing at routines and and things that i know andy's mentioned this before and if you haven't heard that episode with andy vasily um you can go back to my podcast and do that it was a really good chat i had with him but that you were both fantastic at keeping each other accountable and really working on daily practices do you want to share some of the things that i know you do yourself but then also that you share with your partner andy
1: yeah we've um so we've been married now um I guess this, we celebrated our uh, 18th uh, wedding anniversary. So we've been together quite a while and we've, we're lucky enough to have a really good partnership and we're both still growing and learning together. So uh, I think for us, our one of our morning routines is we go to bed early these days. So early is anywhere from 8:30 to 9 PM. So, we're big on sleep, and we'll wake up at four forty-five or five a.m. And we wake up, have a cup of tea or coffee, and then we meditate anywhere from ten to eighteen minutes in the morning. So we we used to meditate in separate rooms, and I never knew why. I didn't want. I didn't know why. Uh, I kept asking Andy if he wanted to meditate with me. And he just politely kept saying no until he told uh, until he told me why. So the reason, Dale, is that um, I practice a breath. Um, so in yoga, it's called pranayama, and pranayama is all your breath work or sort of breath control, but not control in the sense. Anyways, um, and the breath I practice is ujjayi breath. It's been nicknamed the Darth Vader breath because uh-huh,
0: very it's very loud.
1: Yeah, and so he always said that was too distracting for him. So as soon as I knew that, I was like, Oh no, no, I don't have to do that breath. And so I find it uh, very supportive when we meditate together. So we meditate downstairs in our living room. We have a little area, and another little ritual is that we light candles in the morning. And it just depends on sort of how we're feeling that day. We can we will sometimes use an app, and that's Headspace. Yep, but. A lot of the times, what we've been doing lately is just setting another app that I use is Insight Timer, and that is just some some bells. But we'll. I find the most benefit is when it's in silence. But for us, I think I have a lot of. Um, I have a little repertoire to pull from. So if you're new to meditation or mindfulness, you might need that support and guidance with an app or with a guided meditation. And I never get tired of being guided, but there are times when I know I just need the quiet and the silence. And so that has been a part of our routine now for over a year. We used to meditate sporadically here and there, have a good week, have a good month, and then drop off. And then so it's, it's that practice, but we definitely keep each other accountable And uh, on another good day, we'll also meditate before bed, but in the morning we do that, and then we usually get up and do some sort of physical activity together. And uh, yeah, we're very supportive of each other. We know that if someone's taken too many days off and that begins to uh, show in other areas, then we're really supportive to get each other moving. And that's been a great help, at least for myself. Um, Can't speak for Andy, but yeah, it's been great. Even signing up for this run, we recently did a trail run, and that was up and down a ski hill, and we jumped over creeks, and there was uh, one ascent that was like 700 feet. So that was, that was definitely a humble experience in, in trying to keep your breath even-steven when you're hiking up the mountain like that. But, yeah, I hope that, that routine has certainly served us well of waking up and meditating in the morning. It's such a peaceful way to start your day
0: i i totally agree with that and and for those people listening at home i know um i've had other people on different episodes and i know my good friend carl condoliff uses an app called calm i personally use headspace and um i i buy the yearly subscription i think you can get it yeah. on sale i think it costs me about 60 50 or 60 dollars and you've got endless amounts of uh, meditations and yeah i i, I, Neil, I do i think the, i'm losing I, you for a minute there dale sorry can you still hear me now Yeah, anyway, I I use... I use uh, probably my meditations I go for about five or 10 minutes so I don't do great big ones but I still do it in the morning every morning even if I feel I need extra sleep it actually makes you feel better by getting up and doing it and Neil the big thing I loved about that is that you keep each other accountable you're a team you help each other out because people are going to be up and down and it's I think it's similar to our teaching you know you'll see other teachers that sometimes are not firing as well and that's where you can help them out as well but it's fantastic to hear you've got that partnership going going so well at home now for teachers out there and I know this is becoming a big part in curriculums and things like that but the benefits of meditation in this in the classroom you know to calm students down reduce stress and so forth um what are some ways that teachers could just try a little bit of meditation or simple breathing activities with their students have you got any uh tips or things that you work really well with Nila I
1: I think um So to backtrack a little bit with when I started sharing mindfulness with my students, it was completely a selfish mood because a selfish sort of act because I did it first and foremost for myself. So during transitions and trying to settle the class, there are several um, breathing. I don't want to say games, but I guess it's fine to say that. But there's There's several breathing games, and it depends on the age, if you need to adjust it for your students. Uh, You know, working with students in grade one and two, we call it the birthday candle breath. And so if a student is six years old, they would make fists with their hands. And then when they breathed in, the candles would pop up. Now, the candles would represent it by your fingers. And so those would pop up. And then when you Uh, exhaled you would pretend to blow out the candles which were in fact your fingers and then tuck them back into a fist and I encourage teachers to create their own breath now if they don't know where to begin I mean you could do a flower breath again the fist would represent the flowers and you would open the palms as you imagined like a lotus flower rising out of the mud and Blossoming, and then that adds a little more body movement. I'm sure, Dale. What are your go-to yeah. breathing exercises? Yeah, what, what have you got?
0: That's really cool. And um, I just recently, I've released an app called Juga Life. That's spelled J-U-G-A-R Life. And on that app, I've included my top. 13 breathing activities that um, I think you can use any time you like and one of my favourite ones on there is called the rocket ship where you uh, crouch down and you do big breath in and you explode up like oh. a rocket and then you say inhale back down and you count to the t- count of four as you go up and down. So you're getting the benefits of movement and exercise, but you're also working on counting through your breath. So when I find, and I'm sure you're the same, that you're counting your breath, you are present. You're not thinking about other things because you're focusing on one thing. And if you do this for 30 seconds to a minute, it's a great way to calm yourself down reset and be present again and what i've found is i've put all those um breathing activities on there so you can go through and find different ones for different situations or you can give the app to students and say right um in 20 minutes we're going to do a breathing activity can you please pick one and it'll be your chance yeah here to lead the class through it and that's one of the most powerful things i've found these days that as a teacher the best thing we can do is let our students lead. It's not us. I don't think we're, uh, if we're always leading, I think we're failing as teachers. So that's one of the best things I've found. And it sounds you're pretty similar, Neela, that you've shown them, you've talked about your practice, you've shown them that you do this, and then you've really allowed them to explore and go off themselves. Would that be a fair sort of way of putting it? Absolutely. And it
1: is a a, a beautiful it's it's beautiful when you do ask the student, and obviously maybe you've been doing a couple of the practices, or maybe you've been doing your top 13, Dale from your app, and and then the students say, well, we want to do this one, we want to do that one. Absolutely, give them that that voice and choice, and the
0: ability to lead it is also another skill, right? Yeah, definitely. I think. Um if you've got students that are leading your class or they're one saying, we want to do this, then I think our job as an educator, you're like, wow, I'm I'm winning here because it's student led. And that's such a powerful way to, you know, teach lifelong learners that they will go out and they'll actually use that in a real life situation, not just in the four walls of your classroom, Neela.
1: Yeah, and when I first started um, introducing mindfulness, um, when I was working at uh, Nanjing International School, at first it i really thought it was me sort of uh not enforcing but it was always like you know now we're going to do the mindfulness now we're going to do mindfulness and i never really took into account some of the kids reflections but i loved it when in middle school what happens at nanjing international school is they had uh, they had exams, and then they created a schedule where the kids could pick in between exams how they wanted to rest or rejuvenate. And they offered swimming, and they offered mindfulness, and they offered uh, you know a quiet study period. We had no idea of the impact of mindfulness until almost seventy kids signed up voluntarily for the mindfulness session, and I was like, wow, like that was their choice. So, little by little, they had been exposed to little sessions of mindfulness, and then after two or three years in middle school, they were directly asking for it and directly signing up for it. So, I thought that was such
0: a little mini success. That's uh, I think that's a real credit to not only yourself, but the school, because... Um if you are telling the students to meditate and you don't actually believe it in yourself, they will see straight through you. Whereas you've obviously slowly ingrained that in them and taught them the benefits of it. And then when they've got the opportunity to go, all right, what's going to be best for me in between my exams so I can focus, I can recharge and go again. And they could all see the benefits of it because of what you were able to install in them. I think that that's a, that's a really powerful sort of example there, Neela. Yeah.
1: And, and, um, Dale, I don't know how you collect student voice, but one of the things I love about providing mindfulness sessions for the kids is we'll sit around and have a little repose on their thoughts. And it's, it's really beautiful. One little girl I remember, you know, we laid down, and I usually give them eye pillows with a little scent of lavender, a little extra. I always ask them if that's something that they want or they don't want. But after we had maybe just a little 15-minute session of progressive relaxation and getting quiet in the room, this young little girl who was at the time in grade four said, you know what, Miss Neela, that's the most relaxed I have felt in all my 10 years of life because on Monday, I have violin. On Tuesday, I have Mandarin. On Wednesday, I have guitar lessons. On Thursday, I get one play date. And then on Friday, I have to write up an essay for English. And I was thinking, wow. You know, so we talk about um, trying to drop, like we talk about adults being overwhelmed. But this young little girl was 10 years old and telling me that was the most relaxed she had ever Felt like I, I felt so happy that she was sharing that, but kind of so sad.
0: Yeah. That's uh that it's a really nice thing that she said to you and credit to you, but I think that's so sad that um how busy these kids' lives are, and that's what ends up happening when they go into the workforce, that they haven't had a childhood because they feel like they're running to a schedule their whole lives, and um, they can never really experience, I don't know, what, what I had as a kid, climbing trees and riding my bike, and that was... That was, you know, there wasn't play dates. or they weren't, they weren't set in stone because we had the freedom to go and do things. So I think that's what we need to think as educators these days, that um, the world's changed and kids don't have the freedom they used to. So by providing what you do in the classroom, um, it's really nice and how refreshing for a 10-year-old to say that to you.
1: Yeah, and I have a question for you, Dale. Like In your experience uh, as an educator, how have you seen focus and and the ability to pay attention being explicitly taught how have you seen that being taught
0: so the the way i have seen the way it works for me is by teaching through play or through games because um, Mm -hmm. then i find that they're super engaged they uh they there's too many things going on they they want to win the game but they need to learn to go on and they're playing with people so they're, they've got no distractions, whereas um, particularly my last few years teaching um, year 11, year 12, so 17 18-year-olds, while we are just doing work in the classroom, there was too many distractions. They had their computers, so they're on social media, they got their phones, they're all Snapchatting, and as much as you tell them not to, they're going to do it. So um, I found the only way that I could really install that really being present and thriving on what you're doing was to make everything into some form of an educational game where they're moving and learning at the same time now that might not work for everybody but I tell you what the results that I was having were through the roof Neela.
1: yeah yeah I think movement is such a big part of uh, being being focused and even that body awareness because we live Dale from the neck up Right. We live in our heads and we we rarely are aware of sensations in our bodies until, you know, like you break your toe and then you realize, wow, I never realized the impact that my toe has on balance and movement and freedom from pain. So I think all those like being physically active, martial arts, yoga, things like Tai Chi, uh they allow you to drop into your body and that's another form of being present right
0: yeah yep definitely and that's uh, I can guarantee people will be taking so much away from uh today's episode Neil and I just want to sort of go over a couple of key points that you've mentioned. So I love that mindful eating, you know, and um, I must admit the first thing I do when I'm sitting down to eat is I'll either turn the TV on or grab my phone. And that's a really good little reminder just to take that two or three minutes, you know, to eat in silence, to eat with no screens. Um, sleep is key. And I think you've just mentioned that really important as well as your routine using meditation or a Headspace app or so forth like that. Um, Mila, So much wisdom bombs, I call them today. Um, You run a fantastic uh, podcast with your partner, Andy, um, and I really like the Mindfulness Series. For people out there, where can we find a little bit more about this? Because I'm sure once they've listened to you today, they're like, wow, I need to get more Neela in my life. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Dale. Um, People can listen to uh, Four Times Mindfulness, which is a podcast that um, I occasionally do with my husband on Run Your Life. And that is um, by 21 Century Radio. And that's um, probably you'll find more on my husband's Twitter site. And that is at Andy Vassley. I'm also on Twitter and that's at Neila Steele, uh, N-E-I-L-A, S-T-E-E-L-E. And um, I have a a blog. I've been a bit rusty and had a little long hiatus, but that blog is called mindfulandpresent.com. So I love sharing hands on heart, anything that helps people be well mentally, you know, working on the mental fortitude, but also being healthy physically. And I think the, the combination of being healthy physically and mentally helps in that striving to be balanced in our lives, just trying to be, you know, the best that we can be. And it's it, we're often thrown out of the nest, off kilter, but it's it's about showing up and being aware through all the times, awful, awesome, mundane, and routine.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I totally agree. And I think exactly what you just mentioned, that um, we do need to strive for these things because they don't come naturally. It's like anything worthwhile in life, you've got to work hard for it. And if you can obviously try and combinate all those into day-to-day, your happiness is going to be higher than not. So, um, Neela, thank you so much for your time today. And um, I hope you enjoy your last few weeks of holidays and that you really uh, just let yourself go and really enjoy yourself.
1: (laughs) Thanks a lot, Dale. It was such a privilege and such an opportunity. So I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for allowing me to share today and such a pleasure chatting with you thanks don't
0: go anywhere if you love today's episode then you will love to stay up to date with everything we are producing if you are part of the apple family and have an iphone or an ipad simply go to energetic education on itunes and you'll be able to download our new app for free This app has all of our videos, we've created our blogs and every episode of the podcast where you will never miss another episode. So go and download today and start enjoying this free app.